0: Tony, we have a tongue twister for today. We're going to talk about living and leaving a larger legacy in retirement. You couldn't have worked a few more L words in there?
1: We tried. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley.
0: Hello everyone, this is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. We have a great uh, host guest with us here today that we'll introduce here in a moment. And we're rolling right into summertime. We got about a week left uh, at school here for our kids anyway. And uh, exciting show, we're gonna talk about living in retirement. And we have a couple different things in there that we want to consider. But over the past month, we've been talking about lifestyle in retirement, some different things to consider. So we have with us today, first of all, Mr. Tony Shore. Hello, Tony.
1: Hey, hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited about this one. I know you've got an A-list guest for our show today. Um, And uh, you wouldn't tell me the name. I think he works with mortgages or, I don't know, reverse mortgages. Is it Tom Selleck? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or or no, just, just as must, you know, just as good of a get as Tom Selleck's mustache.
0: This is true. (laughs) This is what I wouldn't pay. Uh, No, we have joining us today, Jay Dacey with Jay Dacey mortgage team. And Jay is a mortgage broker. Is that correct, Jay? That's correct. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yes, absolutely. We appreciate you joining us here today. We get a lot of questions and feedback from clients about, you know, different retirement options, where they're going to live and upsizing and downsizing. So we, uh, we cross paths as far as the, the topic and giving advice on, on how do people navigate a lot of this. So, uh, we get, uh, I was just telling you, I met with a client yesterday. She's considering buying a house here and is worried about, uh, the bubble occurring and missing out on buying things cheaper. So, so many questions that come around and with interest rates having increased so much that we want to put some good thought into this. So thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to join us here today. Um, So first thing we want to start off, I mentioned summer. Is Jay, what do you like to do, you
2: and your family do here in Minnesota in summertime? Yeah, like a lot of other Minnesotans, we enjoy our time on the lake and kids like the tube and uh, my daughter's just starting to water ski. Uh, Take the occasional day trip up to Duluth. There's a lot going on there. And for a day or two, we like to uh, stay at Pier B. Um, we've got a great hot tub right on Lake Superior there. And then in Canal Park, there's um, arcade with like batting cage and uh, all kinds of fun stuff for the kids to do. And then of course, there's adult options too. There's a bent paddle brewery and uh vicara distillery is not too far down the street either so uh, duluth for a day or two is, is kind of our jam for summer trips wow That's you good. just
1: named everything my family likes to do we love to take weekend trips like three-day weekends to the north shore in duluth love that and uh love that i bent paddle uh the pier the arcade we've done all of those things so i'm right there with you my wife and kids love that area
0: so, Jay, what video game do you most enjoy beating your children
2: <laughs> in? <laughs> um, what I really like to do is crush them at laser tag. That's probably oh, my favorite yeah. thing to do at, yeah. at the arcade is to beat my kids in yeah. laser tag.
1: I destroy uh, my kids at laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just I, I get enjoyment out of it. I don't know if I'm a bad parent, but uh, yeah. Kids were sneakier when we were growing up, I feels like. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Jeff, do you get up to Duluth ever with your family?
0: Not very often. We've enjoyed it when we've gone, but it's not a regular haunt for us. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, as your kids get older, I think that might change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you That's, can get Nikki you know, to stop working for a minute or two uh, and get her up to <laughs> Duluth, I think you guys will really enjoy that. But Jay, I'm glad to have you on the show. Uh, seriously, Jeff, this is a huge get. Uh, Jay, we've got a lot of questions for you. This is an area that our listeners and Jeff, I know your clients uh, are always wondering about.
0: Yeah. And as we talk about <clears throat> retirement, Jay, can you kind of share with us what what are some stories you see in people navigating changes in retirement as far as their living situation and what life looks like from, from your perspective?
2: Yeah. So I've, my cousin is actually married to a cardiologist. and And one of the stories that he shared with me was and he, he's pushing 60 himself, so he's been practicing for about 30 years. And, and he told me um, about 15 years ago when we reconnected, he said, you know, Jay, like what's what's kind of interesting for me as a doctor is when people retire, there's some of them that come to me for their first exam and they just say, you know, I worked my butt off for the last 30 years. I just want to like put my feet up on the couch and eat Cheetos and, you know, watch <laughs> Judge Judy. And he's like, I don't I don't see those people ever again. And I think they just might just pass away due to an activity. but Having done this for 30 years, like the people that I started seeing when they were in their 60s, they're they they're in their 90s now when they're talking about, you know, volunteering at their grandkids school and playing pickleball or joining the golf league. It's like, I think the key to a successful retirement is to stay active. And oddly enough, Jay, you just described Tony's Wednesdays
0: <laughs> there a moment ago with the cheetahs, <laughs> the couch, but, um,
1: touché, yeah, that's, uh,
0: yeah that, that's, that's interesting to hear that from a cardiologist perspective that you staying active, so important. And yeah, a lot of people, um, want to kind of check out when they quote unquote retire and may not be the best solution there. Um, speaking of that, how, what is your plan for retirement? And that's a ways down the road for you, but,
2: uh, or might not be, I don't know, <laughs> shouldn't presume. Well, my youngest is in second grade going into third grade. So I got at least 10 more years, uh, at home. Um, my daughter, uh, jokingly said last summer that, uh, when she goes to college, um, we should just go travel the world during the school year and she could live in the house and just commute to college. Our neighbor went to St. Thomas, I went to St. Thomas. So she was thinking for a period of time, she might go there. And so my wife and I would get kicked out of the house September through May and we could like go travel the world. And then my daughter would kick her girlfriends out of the house uh, (laughs) for the summer. And mom and dad can go back and celebrate the 4th of July with the family. Creative. I like that.
1: I like that too. My daughter got a full ride to St. Thomas. She's there yeah. now or it well just finished this year, but she'll be back again next year. Sec- second year, right? Um, this was her second so year. She'll be- second okay. third year next year.
0: Cool. Nice. Um, yeah, that's a good plan. Um, Tony, how about for you and any thoughts on uh, your retirement? Oh, options? my retirement.
1: Uh, you know, I've told you before, Jeff, um, and Jay, as long as my voice holds out, I'm going to keep doing this show with you every week. I love doing voiceover work. I love recording these shows each week. So I'm going to be, keep doing radio and podcasting as long as my voice holds out. And as far as that cardio workout you were talking about and staying active, um, I make so many trips between my table and the pizza buffet. When I go, (laughs) I feel like I'm getting that cardio that I need. Is that right? Is that what you're talking about? Keep keep at it, Tony. You're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> but no, yes, yeah, seriously. I mean, uh, you know, we want to be close to our kids, and if they start having kids, our grandchildren uh, do a little traveling, but uh, really uh, just get more active with hobbies, volunteer. Um, my dream, though, if I retire and have the ability, I'd like to uh, rent a small space and open up a record store. Um, I have thousands of, of vinyl records and, uh, CDs, and I would just use my collection as a starter, I guess, uh, maybe purchase a few collections and open my own record store. Uh, that would be my dream retirement. Just sit there all day, listening to music, talking to people about music. Uh, that's kind of a dream of mine as well. Awesome. That's good. Um,
0: yeah, and there's so many options for people as they transition into retirement, um, as far as living situations, Jay, what do you see? First of all, what are the options for people living in retirement? What are some common things that you see?
2: Yeah. So I would say take a step back. And I think part of the American dream, if you'd call it that, is to own your home free and clear. And so there's a lot of people whose primary financial goal, um, just from our programming growing up, is to have your house paid off in retirement to avoid having a mortgage payment. And so that's Besides taxes, I think uh, most people's mortgage is probably their largest expense on a monthly basis. Is that yeah. i to say? Yeah, definitely. And, and so to get to that peak of the summit of the mountain where you no longer have a mortgage payment, that's that's where people like to be. Um, what's interesting though is that um, right now there's about ten thousand people a day in the U.S. that are turning sixty-two, and of those ten thousand people, eighty percent have an alarmingly high 80% of their net worth tied up in their home equity. And so there's going to be a transition in the coming years for people to be able to leverage that because historically it's sort of off limits. They don't think that they can access their equity. They need to save it and pass it on to their kids. And what's uh, interesting is that only 2% of homes stay in the family. 98% of homes get sold. Wow. That's... Yeah, really
0: high or really low. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned reverse mortgage. Can you explain what exactly is that? And that's evolved a lot over the last, you know, decade or so. What is that? Why would someone consider utilizing that? How does that play into
2: your retirement options? Yeah, there's a couple different ways um to, to play into it. A lot of it just depends on the individuals, uh the rest of their financial picture. So Some folks just um, didn't do enough earlier on in terms of saving and putting money away into their 401k IRA. Uh, But if they have their house paid off, there's uh, basically two options is one you can set up and get a monthly check from the bank. So based on your age and how much equity you have and what the current rates are, you can actually get a check from the bank um, and that will just grow on your loan balance. The other option is, is if you still have a balance is to just pay off the mortgage with a reverse mortgage and not have to make a payment on that. The interest does accrue over time and it will go up over time, but that's a very good option for a lot of people that like need it is it allow them to not have a mortgage payment, even though they still carry a balance. Um, where I get more excited is, is working with, you know, you on the financial planning side is like, let's, let's look at how we can leverage the equity, um, in terms of the bigger picture. And so I, I gave the example of a family. Christmas of 2021, um, the grandparents say, we're going to go to Disney and for round numbers, let's say Disney is a $50,000 trip for a, a family of eight. And, um, again, for round numbers, let's say that the S and P was at 4,500 and they had 4.5 million, um, in assets and retirement. And then like the first half of 2022 rolls around and they get their August statement. And that four and a half million dollars is now down to three and a half million dollars. And they've got a $50,000 bill due to Disney, like do you think they should sell their assets or should they look at leveraging their home equity? Got it. So the the concept is using you keep
0: your house, you still have your house, you live in it, um, but you're using that equity that you've built up to now convert into cash flow or what however you want to use that. Exactly. That, okay. It's just another bucket to draw from. And it used to be people that um, didn't have a lot of assets and were in dire situation. They could, that is an asset. Like you said, if they've paid off the house or they have a lot of equity in it that, Hey, why don't we use that for paying our bills and so forth? So for a lot of time, correct me if you have seen otherwise on this, but it was seen as a, I don't have much in terms of outside assets. What do I do? But that's morphed over time to where even people that have quote unquote a, a lot of assets are using that as a, a tool um, that may or may not be better than other options, depending on the market and interest rates and so forth. Is that
2: a fair statement? Yeah. And the the product itself has evolved over the last couple of years or a couple of decades rather. And so some of the earlier products that were available weren't the most consumer friendly. And just in the past couple of years, the, um, the FHA is the most common one It's insured by HUD. Um, that product, a lot of the negative things that you've, you know, if you ever talked to somebody that's got a reverse mortgage or has dealt with one, There's been a lot of bad um, stigmas to them, but essentially the FHA HUD has regulated a lot of the bad things out of it. And so now it's a very safe, secure product that's insured by the FHA. Got it.
0: And tying this in with living options in retirement, how might someone utilize that reverse mortgage concept to have the retirement that they want?
2: Yeah. So, you know, we're here in the Midwest, uh, the value or the goals to have your house paid off. And so I'll just use a hypothetical example of Jeff. If you're, you know, have a house in the suburbs, that's worth $500,000 and the kids are gone and you want to just go play golf or play tennis a couple days a week. Um, you're probably going to go to Phoenix or Naples or somewhere else in Florida. And like the traditional thought process is we've got a $500,000 house. that's paid off. We're going to sell that and then go and pay cash for a $500,000 house in Florida or Arizona, wherever you'd want to go. And the problem with that thinking is that uh, a $500,000 house in Arizona might just be a two bedroom condo, right? And so you've got two kids, Jeff, right? And fast forward 20 years, you've got a couple grandkids there. Like it's not a great set up to host family events in a two-bedroom condo and the expectation is, is like if you're gonna come and visit us you're gonna come and stay with us and then there's the inevitable arguments among your kids and their spouses and who's gonna sleep where and who gets the pull-out couch versus the blow up mattress and so like that's the current way of seeing things is just paying cash for your retirement house with the equity from the house that you sold mm-hmm. um, th- there's a better way to go about it so imagine if you had a $500,000 sale in Minnesota You found a million dollar property in Arizona that had a pool and great setup with four bedrooms. Um, your kids would want to probably spend time there with you more so than in a two-bedroom unit. So you would take the five hundred thousand dollars cash from the sale and put that down on the million dollar property, and then you would be encumbered with a five hundred thousand dollar reverse mortgage. And the beauty of that is you would not need to make payments on the mortgage. You'd still have taxes and insurance and you know utility bills, but you wouldn't have an actual mortgage payment. So you could have twice the house without the payment. And then what's cool about it is a lot of people think that the reverse mortgage is going to eat into their kids, or their grandkids inheritance. But if you're starting with a larger asset, Jeff, if you've got a million dollar property and it's a 5% per year appreciation after year one, that house is worth a million 50. And let's say rates are at 5% at the time. And you had a five hundred thousand dollars balance after a year. You never made a payment on it. Your balance it now at five twenty five. And let's just say you decide to sell that house. So you've got a million fifty house, a five twenty five balance. You're going to net five twenty five, right? On the flip side, the other guy who was your neighbor from the golf club, he also sold his five hundred thousand dollars house and just paid cash for the five hundred thousand dollars house. And his house appreciated five percent. He's got five twenty five. So you had the benefits of living in the million dollar house for the year and your kids coming down for Thanksgiving, staying Christmas through New Year's and even popping back for Easter as opposed to his family coming down for like a quick trip over Christmas and being upset about it because their neck is sore from sleeping on the blow mattress. Got it. Okay. So financially it's a net wash. So the only way that wouldn't
0: work out maybe is if you're retiring from Minnesota, you're moving to Nebraska where (laughs) you can buy three homes for 500,000. But yeah, if you're moving to that makes complete sense. Why? So in that situation, when would you use a reverse mortgage versus a traditional mortgage on that million dollar property?
2: Yeah. So the benefit is that there's no payment. So you wouldn't have to, you know, if, if you had a, a half million dollar mortgage payment, you'd have probably a roughly $3,000 a month payment that you'd have to tap into your other assets to pay off.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. So in the traditional mortgage, you're making a payment, you pay the debt down over time. The reverse mortgage, you'd have the option of making payments if you want to
2: yep, or let that accumulate and that would be subtracted from the bottom line when the house is sold. Yeah, and that's another question a lot of people have is like what happens at the end of life? And so there's there's four options and I'm staring at Jeff, he's got a piece of paper on him, And so if you're listening at home, you've got a piece of paper, just draw a line down the middle and then another one to form a cross. So you've got four quadrants. And in one quadrant right yes yes and the opposite quadrant kitty corner put no no and then you've got a yes no and a no yes and so uh, the yes means yes we want the house and yes there's equity and so in that first quadrant where you want the house and there's equity you would just need to take money from the estate to pay the balance off to zero or else you would have to refinance and uh, get a new loan in your name. So if the house is of value to you and it's got equity, you can just pay off the mortgage, whether that's with cash from the estate or you refinance it into your name. Uh, If there's a yes, no, yes, you want the house, no, there's not any equity. So let's just say that you never made a payment, your parents never made a payment, the balance accrued and they passed away and they actually owed more than the house is worth. One of the benefits of it being an insured product is that you don't actually owe what the balance is, you owe 95% of what it appraises for by FHA at the time of their death. And so if your house, say it only was worth 300,000, but the balance had gotten up to 400,000, you don't owe 400,000, you owe 285, which is 95% of that value. The reason you might be scratching your head saying, why would they do that? Well, because if they don't do that, uh, we go to the no, no option. And that's, they're gonna hire a realtor to sell it. And the estate is not on the hook for any um, shortage. And there's nobody down the um, down the family tree that's going to be obligated to make any payments on that shortfall. So the no-no is if you don't want the house and there's no equity, you just, the uh, executor of the estate signs over a deed in lieu and they just sell it. Um, and then last one, uh, you don't want the house. And I mentioned earlier, that's 98% of families don't want the house. Uh, and there is equity. Then you would just list it with a real estate agent and sell it traditionally like you would normally. And you pay off the balance and then the estate splits the difference. Tony's are gonna there's gonna be a quiz on this yeah
1: wow I'm taking notes fast and furious over here um uh that's why you need to work with somebody like Jay right I mean you you you, you, to figure all this out on your own you need to work with a financial professional like yourself Jeff uh, alongside uh, a a mortgage specialist like yourself right Jay
2: yeah and and just the biggest issue is like most people don't know about them other than they think like Tom Selleck is going to try and sell sell them something on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. The mustache or man they've had a horror yeah. story uh, from somebody that took out a product like 10, 15 years ago when it wasn't as uh, properly designed as it is today. Yeah. Interesting. So there's a lot of creativity that can occur
0: with, you know, reverse mortgage, traditional mortgages, just knowing uh, for people listening, you know, what do I want retirement to look like? What would be my ideal? And then, navigating that process to understand what your options might be, but not, not assu- don't assume too much. You know, right. you dig in and like um, you mentioned, Tony, working with a specialist like Jay that knows that inside and out. And that's a, a great opportunity for a lot of people. That's good. So you could actually, um, we were talking about this before the show, you know, upsizing versus downsizing. And typically people are oftentimes looking to downsize in retirement. What would that reverse mortgage as an option. And you you covered that with that Florida example there, but what might
2: that mean to folks that they don't necessarily have to do that? Yeah. So again, if they're just going to right size or downsize a bit, again, instead of paying cash and using up all their equity from the sale of their house in Minnesota to buy a place in Florida, they could just put, you know, 35, 40% down and keep, you know, so in that example, on a $500,000 house, they could put uh $200,000 or $300,000 down on the house in Florida and keep the other 2 or $300,000 liquid and invested with you.
0: Okay, that's good. So, yeah, if you're in a situation where you're trying to navigate options, um Jay, how would folks get a hold of you if they wanted to explore that topic further, the idea further?
2: Yeah. So uh, our website is largerlegacy.com. That's the website we have that specializes in reverse mortgages. Otherwise um, our regular mortgage is jdacy.com. J-A-Y-D-A-C-E-Y.com. Perfect. And what's a good phone number to get a hold of you? Our office is 651-315-7681. Okay. Very
0: good. Um, well, those are those are a lot of great ideas. We covered there very quickly. I think the, the key thing, again, is know that there are options out there, and uh, that's something Jay can help you to explore and navigate. Um, Tony, anything else you'd add?
1: Um, no, I, I think it's great. I, it's great to know that there are all these options available out there for our listeners and for people as they head into retirement. You know, a lot of people are looking at moving or looking at what they're going to do with their house, where they can get equity, what they should pay off first. So I know you two are set up to handle those questions. I learned a lot today. Uh, We should probably, before we go, let Jay give his information. Jeff, you give out your information.
2: Perfect. Yeah, Jay, again, how can folks get a hold of you? Sure. Yep. We can be reached at 651-315-7681, or you can email me. Uh, It's jay at jay. D-A-C-E-Y.com. Perfect. And you can get a hold of Paladin Financial
0: at 651 842 8406 or visit us online at FinancialPaladin.com. And we hope you enjoyed this week's show.
1: All right. Well, thanks, guys. Great show. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk.